Welcome to the REI Mastermind Network, where host Jack Haas gathers amazing stories from leaders in real estate investing. In each episode, our guests will tell you what they're doing that works, what they've tried that failed, and best of all, you'll learn actionable steps to take your real estate investing to the next level. Now, here's Jack with another value-packed episode. We have Tyrus Gross here with me here today, and I'm going to direct everybody to your private Facebook group. You've been so kind to allow everybody in. So head over to look for Get the Deals Now. You know, it's Get the Deals Now. And I'm going to have a direct link to your Facebook group in the show notes. But you also have, in fact, Tyrus, I, I'm actually, this is very generous of you. You you host a Zoom call. So I'm going to send put that link in the show notes as well. Uh, so check out the show notes, REI Map, and uh, I'll make those clickable links so it's easy for the, everybody to find you. But we are going to be talking all the details associated with house flipping today. There you go. So really appreciate your time, Tyrus. My pleasure. Thank you. So you've been doing this for 30 years. Yes. You've got to have learned some lessons along the way. Just a few. I started in Los Angeles, California. In 1989, so it's, it's over 30 years. I am currently in Austin, Texas. If I could share just a little bit, um, I'll try to be brief here. But my first experience with house flipping was a challenge, to say the least. Um, I I was listening to someone, you know, a guru, if you will, and the person said, "Well, get the the uh, pre foreclosure list and go door knocking." So I did that, you know, I, I went door knocking and I actually got into some people's houses, but I never really negotiated a good deal. Mm-hmm. So I wasted a lot of time. And then I uh, listened to someone else and they said, well, get the REO list, which is just the bank foreclosure list. So uh, you go to the bank after some foreclosure and you you talk to the REO manager, the asset manager, and you try to buy the, the house from the bank. Well, I left many, many, many different uh, voicemail. Long story short, I didn't get anywhere with that. I wasted a lot of time. And then someone said, well, you need to do the lease option to purchase method. Again, wasted a lot of time. Jack, I wasted literally six years of my time. And then I finally went into the Los Angeles Real Estate Investors Club. And I and I walked in the door. And right inside the door, there's this big table, this and they, they had all these flyers on it. And there were multiple flyers with wholesale deals. So these were wholesalers with their wholesale deals. So, for example, let's say the ARV is 400000 ARV is just you know, what it's worth after repair value. It's 400000 And I can buy it for two eighty. So I've got a wholesaler with his contact information, name, phone number, the whole thing, saying, hey, I've got a wholesale deal. All you got to do is call me. And let's and let's get this done. So again, yeah, you know, it, it was like this was a big um, eye opener for me. It's like, why in the world am I trying to do this the hard way when all I really need to do is go to the wholesalers and buy their wholesale deals? And you know, fast forward to now, I built up a a nationwide network of wholesalers and also private lenders to uh, that the private lenders allow us the ability to buy these wholesale deals. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, speaking as a, well, I do, we do some wholesaling ourselves. 
Okay. It's it's been kind of interesting to run into a, a lot of pe- similar people that have they they we've been sold a lot of bill of goods when it comes to a lot of real estate investing gurus, if you will, Tyrus. I mean, let's let's be blunt on that. It's kind of hard to sort out the good from the bad regarding some of this advice. So, um, let's talk a little bit about the wholesalers themselves. How have you found adding those people to your team and and understanding that part of the network? After doing this a while, you, you kind of figure out who is the real deal versus who is blowing smoke. So there's two things that are very, very important when it comes to analyzing a wholesale deal. The first is the R, the after right? If they say it's worth 400000 well, the sold comps need to back that up. So if they're inflating that, that ARV, right there, I know something's wrong. The same way with the rehab estimate. If they say, well, there's $20,000 of rehab, and it turns out that it's 30 or 40, well, there again, they're, they're inflating the numbers. And I basically say, you know, thanks, but no thanks. So I find these people, there's, I'm going to have a, a free Zoom call, and I'm going to show people exactly how to find these wholesalers in their own city. Some are the, as I indicated earlier, the real estate investor clubs, but there's also signs and there's websites and and I'm on multiple people's email lists and I get them daily. I get wholesale deals daily from across the country. So there's multiple ways to find them. And I'm going to show your audience exactly how to do this in their own city and free. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that's actually a really good tip and we, we've done it ourselves. You, you see the banded signs around town. Uh, every time I see one, I take a quick snapshot of it or write the phone number down because those are wholesalers that I want to get to know. Yes. I do the same thing. I do the same <laughs> thing. I've got a list just in Austin. I've got a list of over 10 and those are the ones that I trust, but you're right. Mm-hmm. You, you, you see the ones that if it says Arv <clears throat> and I'll sell you, it's an Arv or whatever. You, you can tell it's a wholesaler. By the by, the wording. So, yeah, yeah, and and, and uh, you like you mentioned, you can you typically sell, see who's who's new to wholesaling, because uh, let's be frank, a lot of new to real estate investors get into wholesaling because they've been sold the concept that it's a get rich quick mm-hmm. kind of a concept, or it's the low hanging fruit, and uh, they start to that ARV or that after repair va- value. They start to try to justify their numbers by inflating those, those, that ARV. Yeah. So the first thing we do is we go to the, the, the sold comps, six months or less, one mile radius within the subject property, and we verify the R. We look at the sold comps. We verify that, it, that it, it is what they say it is. And if it's not, then, you know, you're wasting my time. Right. So those uh, wholesalers that you, are, you find that are legit and, and good, at what they do. Are there any strategies or tactics to be top of their list? Yes. Making, making sure that you're the first people person to call you. You want those deals first before it even makes it to the RIA group. You don't want to even have those properties hit that table. Exactly. Very good question. I'm glad you asked. There is. And that is do what you say you're going to do. Once I know that I've, I've worked with a wholesaler, he knows me, he or she knows me. And I know them. If they're asking, I'm just using four hundred thousand. If they're if they're not if they're asking two eighty, so the R is four hundred. They're asking two eighty. I'm going to give them two eighty. I'm going to give them what they ask for. 
I'm not going to try, well, how about 270 or 265, you know? No, no, no. I, I know that you have to make money. And I know the game. I, I, well, it's not a game. It's a business. I, I know how it works. So if it's truly a wholesale deal, the way you have presented it to me, I'm going to give you your asking price. That's the first thing. Second thing is when I say I'm going to close, I'm going to close. There, there, there's no BS. I'm going to close. If you want me to close in seven days or less, I know I got to pay all cash. It's someone else's cash, like private lenders. But if I need to close in seven days or less, I'm going to close in seven days or less. I'm not going to drag this out. I'm not going to say, well, you know, I found this. I found that. No, I'm going to do what I said I want to do. I'm not going to argue on the price and I'm going to do exactly what I said I'm going to do. When you do that, you become trusted and you you actually create a friend. A business, a, a business colleague, but also a friend. You're trusted. And then they turn around and they come to you first or pretty close mm-hmm. to first. Uh, that's that's something, you know, like I said, being a wholesaler, I've done a few of these here now. That's that's a big aspect of this. Uh, I, in fact, uh, it's almost a mindset shift. Like, I don't know if it's because we're real estate investors. We're always trying to get the best deal. But I've actually found some people bothered by how much the wholesaler might be making on the deal. And it's, it's just like a mindset shift that is, if the deal works for you, why are you even, why are you, why does that matter? Let's quantify it. It, Exactly. If I'm going to make 80,000, I don't mind if Jack makes 10,000 or 5,000. Fine. You did all the heavy lifting for me. You went to the owner, you negotiated, you did all the heavy work for me. Uh, you took all the stress and anxiety out of my business or the majority of it, right? I want you to make money. I don't have a problem with you making five or 10 when I'm making 80. That's, I'll do that all day long. So when you're looking at it and you're assessing a, a deal from a wholesaler, can you kind of give us a breakdown? What are you looking for outside of the ARV and the, and the rehab that they're claiming it's going to be? Because I, I always find the rehab a little bit hard as a wholesaler because everybody kind of wants to rehab differently or to their specs. So I almost sometimes put like a range, like if you're going to just do lipstick on a lipstick on a pig versus all out, (laughs) I kind of usually do ranges versus like, here's the rehab fee, but I don't know if that's the proper way of doing it or not. But um, what what are you typically doing to underwrite the deal? I, I know that we are, kind of running low on or short on time, but I'll, I'll give you some brief things. If it's not, if you don't have at least 50,000 in equity, walk away. And most of these are 50 to $80,000 of equity. Now, when you get into higher end properties, they're even more than that, 150, 200. But if it doesn't have at least 50,000 equity, walk away. The other thing is uh, your actual area. For example, I'm in Austin. We're, we were in a hyper, I call it a hyper seller's market, but it's more like a seller's market now. So it depends on your market. So if you're in a, there's a seller's market, a buyer's market, and a market in between that, I call it that a normal or flat market. So in a buyer's market, a wholesale deal is more like 60 to 65% of the ARV. In a seller's market, it's more like 80% of the ARV. If it's a normal market, it's more like 70% of our. So that's one of the criteria that I look at. You know, is this truly a wholesale deal? 
in my market. And every market is different, right? I'm in Austin. You're in, you might be in Atlanta. There's Los Angeles. There's many different cities. So whatever your market is, you have to know that market. Buyer's market, seller's market, whatever. And then you have to know the criteria. You plug in the wholesale buying criteria for that market. You know, I, I think it might have something to do with HGTV or some of these other uh, these TV programs. And we get a lot of people who come to a, a meetup or what have you and the first time and they think they're going to get into flipping homes. And I don't know if it's that they think they can do it under 30 minutes or less. <laughs> you know, just like like the the show, but um, every time I r- we run through the numbers, it typically surprises people how much equity you have to have in the deal in order to even make some of this work. Yes, because you've got closing costs going in, you've got closing costs going out, and you might mm-hmm. have some holding costs. While well, you you will have, you'll have at least like a month or two. But yes, you have to have some meat on the bone even just to, you know, get involved here. Um, but if I could, there's something that I refer to as a success path, and it's got five different elements or five different pillars to it. And one of those, the fourth one, is making the right repairs for maximum profit, making strategic repairs. And you're right, it, it takes a little while to, to, to do this, to get in, make the repairs, and get out. Uh, so you do have some holding costs. And I personally don't get involved in, you know, major projects. Like if it's like $50,000, $100,000 worth of repair, I, I basically stay out of that because it's not necessary. So if I could, I'd like to go over the those five elements. The yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, and I, I before you do, though, that's that's particularly interesting there. And, and frankly, that's something that we've been doing more and more ourselves is that we've, we've found that we're making – just just saving the holding costs and stuff can be a big deal and getting the the property turned is as quickly as possible so making those strategic repairs for maximum profit that really echoes our experience as well and keep having a property take us 6 months 9 months we've had a property that's taken almost a year to to rehab when it's all said and done we made this almost the same amount of money and that's painful, you know, like sometimes you find things you, you didn't know existed. Right. Right. So what, what are some of you, what's the other aspects of your success path? So the, the first element is finding wholesalers and buying their wholesale deals. And that's, that's obviously really, really important. The second is we use private lenders to fund these deals because you have to pay all cash to and move quickly. So the private lenders, um, give us the ability to pay all cash and close on these wholesale deals. So that's the first. First is finding and using wholesalers. Second is uh, private lenders. And we got a network of both of these. The third is using money partners. If you need a money partner, you may not need a money partner. So, for example, let's say your purchase price is 300000 but the lender will only lend, lend 280000 So you're short twenty grand. So you can use your own twenty grand, or you can bring in a money partner to, to bring in the cash and then you split the, the profit uh, on the back end. And good examples are engineers, uh, nurses, software developers. I mean, there, there's a whole list of them, plumbers, electricians, so on and so forth. The fourth element is making the right repairs, making strategic repairs for that particular neighborhood. In other words, if you're on a low-end neighborhood, you don't want to overspend. 
If you're on a higher end over, uh, neighborhood, you don't want to underspend. So that's what I mean by strategic. That That's part of the, the strategic part of it. We also focus on curb appeal. Uh, and we, we also use things like uh, oil rub bronze fixtures throughout. That, that That's a nice touch to it. So I know we're kind of limited on, on time here, but that there's a making the right repairs. We focus on the curb appeal, uh, the master bedroom, the bathrooms, the kitchen, and we do it right, but we don't overdo it. And we know what these costs are before we go into it. And then the fifth element is selling your houses quickly. And there's many different ways to sell your houses quickly. Um, and we go into that as well. You know, you know, you, uh, going back to the strategic repairs, and you mentioned bathrooms and kitchens, and and you mentioned the light fixtures, and I'm guessing the 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 faucets and and everything associated with that as well, the hardware. Mm-hmm. Have you found like what are like some of the obvious things that people should probably plan for as as part of these strategic repairs? Well, I mean, you you all you always want to look at the kitchen. And the bathrooms, if, well, kitchen, bathroom, and, and master bedroom. Because the people that, in terms of the master bedroom, the people that are buying it, they're going to be more than likely living in the master bedroom. So if it's uh, if it's not done right, then that could turn them off. Um, countertops, you know, granite countertops, people like uh, stainless steel appliances. Now, they can get a little expensive, but you can get you can go to a used store that sells them. And a lot of times you can buy stainless steel appliances that are used, but they look they're still pretty good. So there there are things like that that we look at. Um, The other thing is, let's say you have a budget of twenty thousand when you're almost finished. Let's say you spent eighteen thousand. So you're two thousand below your budget. Well, instead of pocketing that, I would take that $2,000 and go buy something nice, like a, a real nice chandelier, you know, upgrade. Go, go and spend that money, but do it in a way that's going to make your house stand out and make your place look really nice. Um, mm-hmm. And it also depends, you know, I'm going back to the, I'm kind of jumping around here, but the curb appeal, uh, the walkway, a lot of times the walkway you know, you can put you can put bricks along the walkway. You can put night lights along the walkway to make it, you know, to just make it even more inviting. Because the curb appeal is something that, you know, that's big. You know, when someone draw drives up, when someone drives up and they the first thing they do is they look at the house. And there are certain things you look at, you know, the shrubs, the roof. Uh, so we, we spend a lot of time, a fair amount of time on the curb appeal as well. Yeah, I and and I don't think there's enough focus on the curb appeal. In fact, we've we've found, you know, we're trying to do to keep an eye on things as we're doing fix and flips, but one of the things we've we've provided and made sure that's a budget line now when we're doing fix and flips is that curb appeal because there were times where you actually saw people pull up to the house and not even get out of the car no, because they didn't going. like the look they didn't like the looks of something on the exterior. Yes. That's huge. That, that really is. And I was going to say that same thing. Sometimes they don't even get out of the car. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, you know, things like um, power washing the driveway, you know, making sure that it's clean, it's inviting, depends on the lawn. You know, it, it, sometimes you got to replace the lawn, the sod. Uh, so that cover pill is huge. Don't, mm-hmm. don't overestimate that. So just to remind everybody, join Tyrus's Facebook group at and look for Get the Deals Now. And take advantage of that Zoom call, and I'll make sure to have that link in the show notes. 
But um, Tyrus, you mentioned the budget and, you know, let's say you had the budget of 20,000 and you only spent 18,000. I've never had that happen where I'm, I've fallen under my budget. There's always rehab creep. So I have two questions for you. How do you prevent rehab creep? And how do you stick to your budget? Know your numbers in advance. What I do is I have a spreadsheet and by room, things to look for. So the kitchen, I've got the, the, the countertop, I've got the appliances, I've got the flooring. By room, I have line items. So when I'm walking through the room, I'm making notes, repair or replace, you know, and just you know, kind of all the way through the, you know, the bedroom, the bathrooms, the whole thing. I look up. Is, is there any signs of leaking or any signs of crack? Uh, then the, the HVAC, you know, the, the heating and air conditioning. I look at that. How, how is that pretty well? Um, is it an older unit? You know, things like that. So you, the long story short, you have a list beforehand. You, you walk through there. You have a list. You make your notes and you know your costs. Now, that one's a little challenging these days because inflation and everything, things are a little more expensive. So whether you go to Home Depot or Lowe's or wherever you buy your, your, um, your home materials, you need to know your material cost. Uh, the other th- thing is labor. Uh, I always tell people, get, if you don't know someone to do, the, to do the work, get a friend of a friend, you know, a referral. And worst case scenario, uh, you can always go to a real estate a realtor, an agent, and generally speaking, they have someone they trust that they can refer you to. Sure. So I'm guessing you're not doing a lot of this work yourself anymore. Um, how do you how do you manage these projects? I look at the deal. So what I do, I deal with the wholesaler and the and the, the private lender. Uh, I go by and I look at the actual. I stay local. I'm I'm in Austin. I invest in Austin. So I I go and look at the deal because that's very important. I want you know boots on the ground if you will. I'm walking through there. I've got experience doing this. I, I'm part of that initial legwork, or it's not inventory, but I, I'm I'm walking through the house and taking notes. Um, and that's one of the things that's helped me a lot. And then when you're selecting contractors to do some of this work, is, is this? It, it almost sounds like you're probably doing a similar scenario where you're getting referrals, making your list, building your team. It's all about referrals, 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 referrals. Yes, because when you get a referral, what you're doing is, I mean, I guess I can use his name, Jason. Uh, Jason's a good friend of mine. He referred me to a flooring guy. I bought the materials. And that's the other thing. You you go buy the materials. You know what it costs. You go buy it. Or at least Mm. you know what it costs. Uh, And you can send someone else if you want, but you know what it costs. So I don't overpay for the materials. So in this case, I replaced... Uh, the flooring, and I used Jason, a good friend of mine. He referred me to another individual that, that specializes in flooring. I bought the material. He came in. He laid it. So referrals from friends is great because what happened is, in my case, Jason trusts this guy. He used this guy, and he, and he trusts him. So if Jason trusts him, I trust him. So a referral yeah. from a friend is Excellent. So, and and I, I don't know if you suggest this or not, Tyrus. But when I was first starting out too, I would go to uh, some of the the local home improvement centers mm-hmm. at like six o'clock in the morning, right. 
and see which contractors were showing up that early because they were actually planning out the day. And more times than not, they seem to be the ones that were the more organized and thought out when it comes to. So then I jot down those numbers and then, and then uh, give them a phone call and, and see if they would be a good fit. But that was a way for me to vet some people out right. when I was dealing with some con- contractors initially. That, that's a good way. Yeah. I prefer the referrals, you know, obviously, but if you don't have the referrals, there's, there's plan B. Yeah. So um, one of the other things that I've, I've, you know, maybe I'm speaking just out of my own experience. There's a lot of pressure, anxiety, and uh, just stress associated with getting these flips done and trying to stay under budget. Have you found any ways, tactics, strategies, software, anything in order to help keep things uh keep things going smooth well that spreadsheet that i mentioned earlier you know knowing what your costs really are or should be um there i'm sure there's software uh you can use project management software uh i know there is i don't use it but the other thing is i i try to have uh multiple contractors in there at one time for example if the roof needs repairing paying we're going to the roof. Well, we can also go inside. So I got a roofer working on the roof. And, and in the meantime, I got someone working on the master bedroom. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if the kitchen is such that we can get a, we can get around the people working in the kitchen. So I'll have people working in the kitchen. And I'll also have people working on some other element. So having multiple people working at the same time on a different part of the house helps to streamline it, make it more efficient. And so instead of taking three months, it's taking more like two or you know, two months in a week or something like that. You, you streamline, you're, you're more efficient. You have more people moving at the same time. Mm-hmm. Do you uh, have a, dr- a general contractor or a project manager involved then to just kind of co- coordinate all of this? No, I don't have a general contractor. I, I have a list of subs, subcontractors, and I call them. I do the calling mm-hmm. and then they, they go do the work. Now, I do check up on them. All the more reason to stay local. I check up on them, you know, phase one, phase two, phase three, if you will. So I go and make sure that they're doing, not only are they doing the job, but are they doing it correctly? Are they doing a good job? Because I know in my head what it's supposed to look like, you know. So the sooner I catch it, the better. So I've got these little tick marks in my head, if you will, you know, two or three weeks into this, you know, another five or four or five weeks into it. So I, I check up on them. So the whole concept of trust, but verify. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, after all, I mean, I I do trust people, but this is a business. It's a business money involved. So it's not a game. Well, you know, that that's really important. What you just said there is that, do you find that a lot of real real estate investors there, they treat it as a game or a side hustle instead of an actual business? Yes, some do. Some do. And I, you know, I don't want to point the finger or fault at anyone, but this is a business. So people like us should refer to it as a business. We should never say it's a game. It is a business. Uh, But yes, some people do. I I would find, I mean, most of the people that refer to it as a game are those that are novices, those that have not been at it for a while. But once you do this a few times, no, this is not a game. This is, this is a real deal. 
Well, I'm just going to remind everybody again, look for the Facebook group, Get the Deals Now. Like I said, I'm going to have a link to that as well as the uh, Zoom call that Tyrus is going to be hosting that provides you even some more details. And you you even mentioned, Tyrus, like some of the benefits of joining that that group. What would they expect if they joined your Zoom call? Yes. So very good question. Thanks for asking. So basically, I am going to teach people. And again, it's a free Zoom call. I'm going to teach people eight different ways to find wholesalers in your own city. I'm, going to sh- I'm, going to, I'm not just going to say, hey, here's what you need to do. I'm going to show you how to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is before the smoke clears, I'm going to also make sure you have at least one wholesaler in your own city. And what I mean by that is you'll have their cell number and their email address of that wholesaler, at least one, probably more than one, but at least one. So that you'll, when we're done with the Zoom call, you're going to know how to find these people, but you'll also walk out the door with someone that you can call immediately in your city. Sure. And, and again, these deals, you know, minimum of $50,000 in equity. Most of them are more than that. As a matter of fact, if it's, if it's less than $50,000 in equity, I'll say walk, don't even bother. Fifty dollars to $100,000 of equity in each one of these deals. And, and that's, yeah, you know, that, that's pretty good. That's pretty powerful. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great offer you're giving everybody. And I'll make sure to have those links in the show notes again. But Tyrus, I kind of warned you that I'm going to end the show out with some rapid fires if you're ready to give them a try. I'll give it a try. I'll do my best. <laughs> Here's your chance to bust a real estate investing myth. What have you heard, whether it's late night programming infomercials or, or something else? Uh, what is a real estate investing myth you want to bust right now? It is easy because uh, it's not easy. I mean, depends on how you do it and who you listen to. If you're buying from wholesalers, you're streamlined. If you're not buying from wholesalers, if you're trying to do all the negotiating on your own, that's a waste of time, in my opinion. Be careful who you listen to. Not that that's mm-hmm. a myth or anything, but, you know, that's my my suggestion. Sure. You're not allowed to say rich dad, poor dad. And I'm about to add uh, Napoleon Hill's catalog as well, but <laughs> that's still allowed. But uh, what book would you recommend everybody check out, or what are you maybe what are you reading right now? Uh, well, I don't really have a book that I can refer you to. I can refer you to a person that I admire, and he's somewhat controversial. I think all these well-known people are controversial, but I like Elon Musk mainly because he does not give up. He's one of these people that just makes it happen. He just built uh, his gigafactory in South Austin. He moved it from California out here. But, I mean, you can think about him what you want. Everybody's got an opinion, but he does not give up, and he finds a way to succeed. I like that. Yeah. So what is the best piece of business advice you've ever received? Well, there's a lot of pieces of business advice. I would say delegate. If you can, if you can delegate some of the minor tasks to someone else and focus on the strategic level tasks, that would be great. Or he is great. In other words, I delegate the fixing of the house to other people, to the subcontractors. I delegate that to them. So if you can delegate, or well, when you do delegate those minor tasks to someone else, that frees you up for strategic thinking. And that's where the money is. That's where the success is. Right. What is the biggest real estate investing mistake you've ever made? And what did you learn from it? Uh, well, I avoided quite a few by looking at the ground 
because here in Austin, there's east and west of 35. West of 35 is, is rock. East of 35 is clay, and there's foundation problems. So I avoided by looking for that. But I, the thing that comes to mind is um, was there was an add-on on the back. It's an illegal add-on on the back. And the, the neighbor, their house, their property line is higher than mine was. And this was a, a rental. It was a flip. It wound up being a, a longer-term rental. But what I do now is when I'm buying a house, the other thing that I do is I, I pretend it's pouring down rain. And I ask myself, which way is the water flowing? Is it flowing away from the house or toward the house? If mm-hmm. it's toward the house, that means you're going to get a lot of rain, a lot of, a lot of that water around your house. And in that scenario, it was flooded in the, in the back. The house was flooded. Every time it rained, the, the back part, the illegal add-on was flooded. So mm-hmm. that's one of the things I do now is, is pretend, okay, which way is the, the rain flowing when it's flooding? I want it flooding, flowing away from my house. Sure. If you could go back in time and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? Wow. Um, I like trusting people. Uh, well, it would. the most obvious is buy from wholesalers earlier. Uh, but be careful who you trust. Be careful who you listen to. That's important. Who is your mentor? Who is your coach? And preferably someone that's already been down the road and they and you get a referral from a referral. You know, someone's referring you. But just be careful on who you trust. Yeah, that would be mine. Yeah, no, a great one. Well, uh, Tyrus, uh, is there a question or concept you wish we would have covered here today? Well, given that this is uh, REI Mastermind Network, maybe a little bit more in detail on networking with that mastermind group uh, and how to plug into that group would be, I think, beneficial. So. Yeah, no, that's definitely the case, right? I mean, you you form these groups and networks in order to help build each other up. And we used to have a tagline on the show a long time ago that uh, water lifts all boats. And that's really the case, you know, being surrounded by like-minded individuals and you're the sum of those people that you hang out with the most. Agreed. I mean, that's what those, that's what the mastermind's all about. So, well, Tyrus, I really appreciate your time. I hope you'll come back again sometime. One more time, look for Tyrus's Facebook group. It's called Get the Deals Now. And I'll make sure to have that link in the show notes. But really appreciate your time here today, Tyrus. Sure. And could I uh, provide the link to the Zoom call? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll make sure to have that link in the show notes as well. But go for it. So it's zoomcall.getthedealsnow.com. Basically, it's just a landing page, you know, name, the email, let me know you're interested, and I will get you on this call and, and we'll achieve some success here. Yeah, I appreciate it. And uh, I'll make sure to have that link in the show notes as well. So check that out and I'll make it clickable so it's easy for them to uh, navigate over to you, Tyrus. Very good. Thank you, Jack. Thank you. Have you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing? If so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review, subscribing to our YouTube channel, or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time.